This is the WZ Podcast with J-Rod here, the the Elite Wrestling Zone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So, to all my listeners out there, then let's talk about the biggest buzz that's been happening since coming out this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite's Road Rager, we just saw the shocking appearance of Malachi Black, formerly known as Aleister Black and Tommy Ed. Now, this is one of those shocking moments that took place on AEW history. Now, some of you probably question, how can this happen? How did uh, did, um, Malachi Black was able to get a job with AEW? The reason is, everybody's fully aware when a WWE wrestler is released from either Raw or SmackDown, you get a 90-day non-compete clause. So basically, that's what happened. We all know that he was in the main roster. But however, it was reported by PW Insider that WWE made a critical error. It turned out that Aleister Black's status was not changed from a 30-day uh, non-compete clause to a 90-day. So he remained in a 30-day non-compete clause. But prior before that, he only had like 35 days. So how did he was able to pull it off? Now, it was no secret when he made that interview with Renee Young, I can't pronounce her real last name, that he has a site set on going with AEW or New Japan Pro Wrestling. <coughs> Excuse me. But however, it it made sense. But uh, there was a report saying that um, out there that he approached, he went to an attorney to find out if this whole thing with the 30-day non-compete clause was legal. And from the looks of it, it looks like it's legal. So basically, this is what led to another problem. It was reported that WWE went in a panic mode. Because of this error, Aleister Black was one of those that had a 30-day non-compete clause. And to confirm this, there were other people that might have had it too. Because the bigger question is, who else might have had this critical error? Looks like one of them has been revealed, and it was Buddy Murphy, who was also recently released this past June alongside with Aleister Black. Now, he did talk about this on a, on a podcast interview with um, Sean Sapp of Fightful Select, where he did st- got a call from them saying that uh, they know about his status, that if he would like to switch from a 30-day to a 90-day non-compete clause. Here's the reason. They say that they will continue to pay him throughout this entire time. I think the reason they want to do this is because we all know that because of the buzz that took place this past Wednesday with AEW Dynamite, with Malachi ma- making his presence known, they don't want something like that to repeat itself. And that's something that kind of explains a whole lot. I mean... To be honest with you, it was something you don't see every day. Like, how did this happen to WWE having a critical error with a wrestler who was supposed to have a 90-day non-compete clause instead of... Who was supposed to have it, but instead of a 30? So, whoever did this, I hope... they Probably they're going to get fired for this because they screwed up. And this is probably the last thing that WWE wanted is to hear... That their recent releases only had 30 day, uh, thirty days non-compete clause. That's the one thing they don't want. 
because we all know how this works. Uh, let's talk about these non-compete clauses, how th this whole thing is. If you guys are fully aware what these non-compete clauses are, there uh, no promotion is allowed to talk to any of these wrestlers coming at it from WWE to talk to them while this is happening. So they have to wait when a certain amount of time happened. And here's the kicker. One of them turned out to be uh, Sean Spears. Apparently his 90-day non-compete cost finished right before the start of AEW Dynamite. I mean, AEW Double or Nothing. The very first one. Now, WWE must have thought in their mind, there is no way they're going to just uh, book them as soon as possible. Well, they just did. And now we're seeing a much different version of what this with Malachi. Now, it's still unclear how this happened. Did he made the call to Tony Khan, like once he reached 30 days, and asked him if he's interested in signing him? Because here's the thing. Alistair Black was one of those wrestlers that many fans loved. That, that he was, he knows, we know he can perform well in the ring. And, and that's one of the things that they, they are looking for, a valuable wrestler. Now, I just recently saw this with uh, Squared Circle Cycle Babble. They made a good, compelling argument. Alistair Black was not one of the top wrestlers, but he is, has potential. And I agree, I liked him when he was in NXT. And many fans do. And once they go to the main roster, they're lost in the shuffle. And that's what happened. And Tony Khan, out of the good graces, he gave him an opportunity. And now he's entering a feud with Cody Rhodes. Now, Angle from Pro, uh, Destination Pro Wrestling said he didn't like the idea of him going in a feud because Cody is putting him over. I mean, what's wrong with that? You know, because here's the thing: we have to give they have to give wrestlers a much bigger. Uh, how to say storyline and also try to give them a much better way to introduce them to be involved that's how it should work and i'm okay with it you know because thing is cody is an evp it, it looks more like he's gonna put himself more over than everybody else i mean that's practically how i see it but i can't wait to see what malachi black is gonna do and i know recently we do know that his wife we know her as selena vega did return this past and i've I can see that she's very happy of him, that he is going to succeed elsewhere because we know that things have been going well for him, but now he's there and, you know, it is what it is. But speaking of Selena Vega, we all know about her former client, or should I say her brother in the ring. We're talking about Andrade El Idolo. He finally made his in-ring debut. I have to say... That damn costume was freaking awesome. Him dressed as the as a Stion, Ron Sionis, uh, the Black Mask. I have to say that was the most amazing entrance I've ever seen. He does look like uh, like one of those uh, evil bosses that you don't want to cross with, and that's what I like about it. But he did a pretty good in ring performance, and I think many fans feel like I think there's been talk about he can probably find more success elsewhere than he did it with WWE and I agree with them because he the dude can perform we know that he doesn't care how much they're paying him he doesn't care if they're paying him millions of dollars as long as he gets to do what he loves wrestling and that's all that matters you know and we know he's making headways outside of WWE and he's going to be in that match with Kenny Omega for the, the AAA Mega Championship in Triple Mania and he was supposed to debut in um what was it in the new promotion in Mexico 
Federación uh, Wrestling, but they had to postpone it due to the some sort of surge of the coronavirus happening in Mexico. But it will be back. But, you know, I think the best part is that both he and Aleister Black are great to see each other again because, it, I don't know if you guys saw this before, there was a ride-along with both men, with both Andrade and Aleister, and Aleister Gate praises his wife, and, you know, and they're good friends. I think this is going to be a good thing for both of them, that at least um, Aleister and Andrade will be with familiar faces, you know. They'll probably hang out, you know, and all this and that. But we'll see how they go with Andrade, and that's pretty much okay. Now, the biggest news that took place is, of course, the latest, how do I say, not um, tragic, but more like what the F type of story. And we're talking about Jimmy Uso. As you all know right now, oh my God, Third, three times already. Jimmy also has obtained a DUI arrest. And I'm like thinking, what the hell is wrong with him? And it's still unclear what WWE are planning to do because this is not good. You know, it's like you don't want to set a bad example for the young fans who are watching these guys. And many of you probably would agree with me on that. But... We all know what happened the first two times, but this one is worse. It turns out that uh, his alcohol level was a .205, and that is the highest I've ever heard of. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, it's crazy. But it was still trying to, there's still indications what WWE is going to do. Now, some people say that this is for sure is going to be the time where they have to make a release. Some say, no, they're going to turn the other way. I'm like, okay, I don't think it matters at this point because, A, we know there were several wrestlers that were being were accused of sexual allegations during the Speaking Out movement. Amongst them was uh, Matt Riddle and, of course, Jordan Devlin, and nothing happened. And people think that's the same thing, that they are trying, trying to um, overlook this. I mean, who knows what they're doing. But one thing I did find very, very pathetic is people making death threats to his wife, Naomi. Yeah, you heard me. I find it very stupid out of their part. Why are you guys making threats to his wife? She has nothing to do with his actions of what he's been doing. I mean, you guys are saying that she should have stopped them or what? I mean, yes, but not into this extreme that, that threatened her with her life. And she just had to uh, delete her uh, Twitter account because of these death threats. And I have to say, whoever's doing this, I hope you grease monkeys just leave it alone, okay? Naomi has nothing to do with Jimmy's, how do I say, his actions because... Sure, she probably find it annoying and really ridiculous that she has to deal with this. But a t threatening her life over this, that's very cold. You don't blame someone for someone else's actions or try to justify that they need to, to pay the price as well. Like, no, Jimmy Uso, Uso has to answer for his own mistakes, not Naomi. Now... If you guys thinking I'm defending Naomi, it's not I'm defending her. I just find it very ridiculous on that part. 
The same thing I, I see when WWE uh, attacks to uh, women wrestlers who had their husbands or boyfriends that fled WWE after they were released. And I find that very stupid. But this is beyond that right now. This situation with Naomi because of her husband Jimmy, that is different. They're threatening her life over her husband's actions. And this has to stop. So if you guys are amongst those idiots, please stop. Leave her alone. She has nothing to do with Jimmy. If she plans to divorce him, that's her problem. Not yours. So I think that's pretty much it what I got for that because I hate the vent. Now let's talk about other things that took place. As you know, Major League Wrestling, better known as MLW, just made their return. And <coughs> I know they were supposed to have their show on, on Vice TV, but it was nowhere. I don't know if anybody saw it. But uh, they made some pretty good headways. Apparently, they just started up a women's division. And this is something that I feel they should have done from the very beginning. They did have several rest female wrestlers involved. Like, they had Zeta Zhang and Priscilla Kelly, known as JoJo something. Um, so, basically, that's one of the things. They didn't take things too serious. But I think the time off, like this worked well they even had the sea stars involved uh willow nightingale and i forgot who else they had but yeah and the best news i had was of course danny limelight uh if you guys seen him on aw dark and elevation but also in new japan just made, is now officially signed with um mlw i'm so happy for him you know that he is now in a in a good position, I think I think some of you who watched him in um in AEW probably thought he would have been signed, but like no, it didn't happen that way. But I say he's in a good place. Um, that's that's pretty much it. But also they had um the guy who played Dario Cuato, De Cuato from Azteca Underground, formerly known as <coughs> Lucha Underground, being there. You know, next to him is Alicia Atute. And I don't know exactly what he's trying to do because he looks more like one of those mafia guys attending one of those big events. It kind of reminds me of an episode from 5-0 where they're trying to track down this guy who's trying to kill the heads of every crime family. You know, doesn't matter if it's Yakuza, Triads, or Samoan family. But it felt like that with him, you know. But it kind of looked interesting. I saw some photos. But I didn't get to see the event. I hope... Somewhere I can see it so I can review it on the on the YouTube channel, but it is what it is, and I, I just, you know, I don't know. It, it's kind of like that. Now, also the biggest uh, news that took place coming out of Japan, uh, Kota Ibushi has been, po uh, been put to the sidelines for a while. Apparently, uh, there's been some side effects over the... the COVID-19 vaccination, he wasn't feeling well, he had a spike fever, but W, I mean, New Japan Pro Wrestling are keeping an eye on, on it, you know, trying to see, um, hopefully he can be back, now some of you people, if I have anybody who is in fact a, one of those people that don't, don't want to take the vaccine, you probably say, how we told you this was going to happen, no, I don't want to hear that, I took the vaccine myself, I'm still here. I had nothing happened to me. But we hope that Kota Bushi gets better, you know, and gets back on 
how do I say, get, uh, facing, uh, what's his name, Shingo Tagaki for the IWGP heavy, World Heavyweight Ta uh, Championship. I can't wait to see that match until we get there, but for now, let's just pray that he gets better, and I, I can't wait to see him more of what's going on. Now, uh, I want to bring this up for a while. I don't know if, I, if it's relevant. One of my closest friends, in the other hand, uh, was talking about a certain name, a top former WWE wrestler, and I'm talking about the leader of the Yes Movement, Daniel Bryan. Now, there were speculations about him possibly showing up in Impact Wrestling. Now, I don't know about that, but to me, I don't know if they have the budget or the amount of money that they would have him in. And that's something I could bring up because, let's face facts, Impact is not as huge as WWE, but they can stand on their own. They don't care about what WWE are doing as long as they do things their way. And, I mean, I don't know. Many fans probably say, no, I don't want to see Daniel Bryan in, in Impact. What about AEW? I mean, yeah, it, it could work, but do we really want to see that? You know, because he could overshadow other wrestlers that deserve to be recognized and that's something that i don't know if i can deal with it but oh man but it is what it is with whatever it does and i'm like well i don't know but it, i don't know just we'll see what happens at this point um so i think i run out of content for everybody oh no wait a minute i do have one i'm looking at the list okay this is an old story that uh, I already mentioned. As you recalled a while back, Triple H post made a comment saying that the best female wrestlers in the world are in WWE. Apparently, certain people outside of WWE did not take that comment lightly. Amongst them was Britt Baker. Now, some of you are saying, but come on, Britt Baker probably one day will go to WWE. Uh, sorry for all those to burst your bubble. She already made that perfectly clear to Tony Khan that she will not want that. Now, here's why. WWE have a different way of operating things, but they don't give too much attention with a lot of the female wrestlers, you know? I know NXT does a pretty good job with it, but not WWE with the Raw and SmackDown events. But she would never want that, neither in Thunder Rosa. But there is another person that took exception to that. She was released last year in the Ma in Black Wednesday alongside her husband, Mike Bennett. And I'm talking about Maria Kanellis, better known as just Maria, that hot, sexy redhead yes you remember how she was the dumbest one but i like that segment when she uh made bishop feel like an idiot and that's the thing she even took exception of that i mean look her second run with wwe it didn't do so well so you gotta ask yourself this obvious question and maria questioned it a lot are they really some good women in in the the women the best women's division in the world in WWE I'm like no I see many wrestlers now I have paid attention with 
all-female promotions recently. Like, here in the United States, with Shine, uh, Shimmer, outside of the U.S., like uh, in the U.K. with uh, Pro Wrestling Eve. That was a good show. And, of course, the Japanese Yoshi promotions, like Stardom, Ice Ribbon, Tokyo Yoshi Pro, uh, Pro, no, World Women's Pro Wrestling, Diana, uh, Marvelous, Sandai Girls. <coughs> I love those promotions. But not to mention, let's don't forget about the upcoming all-female pay-per-view with Mickey James producing for the NWA pay-per-view in, in August, Empowered. I'm excited for that. But here's the thing. Triple H, he should have just kept his mouth shut about that. Because you're insulting. Because, look, he had wrestlers who, who like, we had people like Deanna Perrazzo. People never understood what the hell is a virtuosa. I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me with that. So basically she got annoyed where they don't understand that. I'm like, really? Did that really hit you guys so hard in the head and you don't know what the fudge is a virtuosa? You're out of your minds. But she's doing so well for herself. You know, being the knockouts champion. And all this and that. And I have to say, there are certain aspects that took place. Look, Some people even took offense when Vanessa Bourne was released. Because she, I mean, she already told her haters to shut up. But they're still unhappy that she didn't go nowhere so fast. I mean, it's normal how to feel that way. But... This is the way I see it. There are some good women's wrestlers, you know, past and present, that I like. Now, you probably could ask me who I enjoyed here in the States. I have to say, Thunder Rosa right now is a top for me. There's Hikaru Shida. And who else can I point it out? I think that's it. They're two of my favorite ones that I enjoyed in the U.S. What about outside, like in Japan? Let's see. Right now, my favorite ones has to be from uh, Stardom. There was Tam Nakano. She's one of my favorite ones. Uh, who else? Uh, there's Julia. I'm trying to think of anybody else from Stardom. Momo Wananabe. Uh, from Ice Ribbon, I had to say Zuzu Suzuki. Sukashi uh, Fujimoto. Ryo Mizunami. I try to think of anybody else, but yeah, that's how I see it. I mean, there are some best women's wrestlers anywhere in the world. It doesn't mean that WWE is like the final destination. I think certain women are starting to see. Maybe it's not the final destination. Maybe it's how you can make the destination be your final, like anywhere in the world. Like right now, we know people criticize women's wrestling in AEW, how they're not establishing. They will get there, but give them time to establish it. So I think that's pretty much it. So I think that's it right now for all of you because I want to keep this short. Uh, right now, I'm reviewing um, Ring of Honor's latest event, best in the world where we have bandito taking on rush i may review that on the podcast later on i mean on the youtube channel my bad later on and also gonna finish reviewing uh new japan pro wrestling summer struggle in sapporo day two 
But for now, I'll see you guys in the next DWZ time. Same DWZ channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah! And have a nice day. Bang!